So as an introduction, I'll be honest with you, it's crazy because I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Shows um, how long we've not been to get yeah, It's a weird one because, yeah, this, this whole lockdown has been very strange because literally, some, I think we've had weeks where we're almost like seeing each other every night. I think I walked into the, um, I, was, I was in the other in the playroom and I walked in and said, do you know what dad, we're, it's like every night we're, we're meeting up and all that. I was like, yeah, you know what, it's true, Mike, you know what, I think I'm better. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that, don't blame me, don't blame me. In a sense, in a sense, the reason why we've been doing it, it's, it's almost like economy, yeah, so it's almost like uh, the economy, Supply and demand to give people what they demand, and so you know, I was just like, but people want to do this, people want to do that, people want to do this. And I was really encouraged because during this lockdown, it's been supernatural. I mean, yesterday, um, you know, possibly Jamie was very unwell, and in the prayer meeting, she got, I found it fine. JD, um, <laughs> supernatural powerhouse, he is, he prays for Jada. Nothing, it doesn't really work, right? It's like, you know, Jada's still unwell. And then, his wife, being friends with Jada, halfway through the prayer, Jada said she's still thinking, that is awesome. That's what it's like. Yeah, that's what the Bible teaches, it says that in Galatians there's no Greek and there's no slave. The supernatural, the Greek word dynamis, the miraculous power of God is not reserved just for men. God is not misogynist. When it comes to the supernatural power of God, he's into equality and diversity. Women can execute just as well as men. And so that was very encouraging. And so here we are, more in a being up together. And so uh, let's turn to our text, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Chapter 50, verse 20. Many of you um, actually know, I'm presupposing, <coughs> some of you might play chess. I don't play chess, I go as far as drafts. I can't get the game, never try to study the game, play the game. My wife's far more intelligent than me, she can play chess. I've never really said causing teaching to me, it's never really appealed to me, but I know it appeals to many. And um, I know it's a very strategic game. And in chess, one of the dynamic moves, one of the um, optimal moves is a move called checkmate. Now, what I understand about checkmate is, it's when your king is trapped. Yes. It's when your king can't move. It's when your king can't get out. It's no way of escape. You have literally lost the game. The checkmate. So I want to minister a sermon on checkmate this morning. From Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. <clears throat> Checkmate. 
minutes. Let's walk and talk. So, checkmate is a situation where there is no escape. There's no way out. The situation you're in, you can't see a method of avoiding the potential disaster that you feel in your impulse. The checkmate. In our text, there's a man called Joseph. Joseph had some brothers who decided that they're not really digging the dream that he's had and communicated to them that you guys saw a dream and a vision that you'd be bowing down to me and the brothers didn't like that and the brothers thought that Joseph was getting beyond himself and too big for his boots and so what they'd done, they undertook a plan, a strategy, some type of methodology in order to get rid of Joseph. They were going to kill him, but they think, you know what, we can't really be killing our brothers, so let's send him into slavery. Bam, he's gone. He finds himself in a pit, checkmate, he can't move. You might be the king of the dreams, Joseph. You might be the king of the visions. You might be the king of optimism. You might be the king of your own world and be pontificating about dreams to your brother. But when you're in a pit, you can't move. You're checkmate. There's no escape. You're in a pit. You're in a dark place. And you've got no room for maneuver. You might even be able to look outside of the pit, all because you can see outside. It don't mean that you can get outside. Mm -hmm. So people suffer with depression. They theoretically know there's a way out. They theoretically know that there is a way of escape, possibly. But what paralyzes them is they see they can't get out. They see they can't escape. They see they are tied this predicament. It's like the generation of young men today. And I don't want to go too much into it, but you know, whenever there's a catastrophe, whenever there is a community that is hit, and a community that is hit unjustly, and a community that thinks that, and rightly thinks that it's been treated badly, that's not the dispute. The dispute is not that, was that wrong, was that right? That's not the dispute. Come on. The dispute is, and uh, the kind of like how you might say, the negative is, is there are always people who are willing to capitalize on others' pain. Preach, yes. come on. I call them the race hustlers. So they come along, they build an economy of grievance. Mm. And what they articulate to the young men, to the young men who have been, how you might say, treated unjustly, they would impart, they would spill, they would spew all of this kind of like victimhood inside the young man. The young man will react with anger, with pain, with vexation. They would undertake a task of maybe whether it be violence or whether it be a sort of recreation or sort of like, how you say, vengeance or kind of the reprisals. And then what happened? The young man gets arrested. The young man dies. The young man is in a place where he's got a criminal record. But the person who is imparting the pain, the anger, and the transference of their 
frustration. They're living in a nice house. They're living in a nice community. They get to go on all the chat shows. They get to go on all the radio shows. They get to speak. They get to get money from corporations saying keep up the good work. They make money on the back of these young men who have gone prison, these young men who are being killed on the back of their anger. Mm. Yes. And that's the thing more frustrating, because what's happened to that young man is they're checkmates. They bought into someone else's grievance. Instead of that right race hustler saying, do you know what, you could be a slicer, you could be an astral, you could be someone great, don't go down that road, pull away that, don't get angry, go out make a success, make a success of your family, make a success of your people, and then you'll make a difference. No, no, no. They checkmate that individual. So now you're speaking to the young man. You know what you could do so if you're like, I can't because everything's against me. No, you know what? You can be someone. I can't because that race hustler told me that everyone wants to kill me. No, you can do so. You can make money. You can innovate. You can be, use your initiative. No, I can't because I've been imparted with toxin and now I'm checkmate. I can't see any further than what is ahead of me and what is ahead of me is barriers. So Joseph, why is this applicable? Joseph is a slave. Yes. He's been brought into slavery. He's taken to Egypt. The man is checkmated. He can't move, he can't escape. He's a king. Irrespective if he might think whatever he is, he checkmate. He can't do nothing. And that's the thing with life. Every single one of us will be checkmates. Every single one of us will be in a place where we see no escape. Yes, preaching. Mm. We can't see a way out. We can't see any mechanism of optimism. It's like the person who's in debt. They're in so much debt, they cannot see a way out. They can't see this incrementally paying it off. They can't see it. They can't view it. They can't envision it. It's like the young person, I never have a house, I never have a mortgage, I never have, and it's like they can't see how we can turn this around. Jada was talking to me this morning about a woman. She was checkmated. This black woman, she only had five dollars to her name and she was sick of being in the same position. I'm checkmated. I'm in poverty. Five dollars. That's all I've got. That's how I live my life. From one minimum piece of money to the next. I can't escape. Checkmate. But there's something inside this woman says, no. No. Who says it checkmates? Who brings that upon my life? And you know, that's the problem with what I call victim cracks. So an aristocrat is someone who's rich. An aristocrat is someone who's wealthy. An aristocrat is someone who's got money, they've got land, they've got this, they've got that. A victim crack is someone different. A victim crack is someone with money, someone with finance, someone who's made it. But what they end up doing is going around and they'll be telling other people like them, you can't make it because of all these barriers. And you think, wait there, you made it. 
made it. Yeah, preach. So now you've made it, you're telling me I can't make it. So you're telling me I'm less than you or the people who say they're out to put me down. You agree with them because you made it. You broke the barriers. You made money. You broke out of the destitution. Why are you telling me I can't make it? Luckily for this man, Joseph, no one, he's got no victim cracks. He goes to Egypt. He's in prison. In prison, he starts to work with what he's got. He starts to speak dreams and visions to those who are incarcerated with him. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the king of the superpower, hears about it. Why does he hear about it? Because Joseph is not checkmated. Yes. We read it and say he checkmated. But there are forces in the world. There is a force in heaven with a mindset, doors will be open for you. It's like Chinese military strategy, Sun Tzu, when he said, in all chaos, there is opportunity. Yes. COVID, absolute horror show, never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. Lockdown, compulsory. People cut off, yet, yes, come on. I cannot deny that the most supernatural events I have seen as of the last few years has been during this period. Yeah, I have seen people doing stuff that has absolutely blown my mind. I have seen people's lives who have been absolutely turned around, not at the best circumstance, but at the worst. Yeah, I've seen financial miracles. I've seen God moving in people's marriages. I've seen the supernatural hand of um, of, of, of just sort of circumstances changing around. I've seen people who haven't got something, who gets other things. I've seen supernatural breakthrough. I've seen organizations working on our behalf. Yes. People giving us favor. Why? Because though they said we were checkmated, there's a heaven and there's a God in heaven who says you're not checkmated. Yes. We've got to be very careful of what we listen to in life. We've got to be very careful of who is speaking into our hearts. On, We've got to be very careful that Greek word, akuo, literally, who do you give audience to? Joseph was giving audience to the only person who was consistent in his life, Elohim, yes. God, Yahweh, the Lord. <laughs> Checkmates. There's a man called David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David is in a situation and the situation is this. He's deciding not to go out to war. He's decided to stay home when kings should be at war. Men should be at war. If you're a married man, and this includes me, the wife Jesus has given to you in your life, God expected us to be at war. Meaning, as the Bible says, to cover our wives. 
And that is not just with money. I repeat, that is not just with money. Money is not the priority that God says we should cover our wives with. In 1950, the black population had a stronger family unit than the white population in the United States of America. 1950, only 25% of children were born into households without a father. Today, that number has risen to 70 plus percent. Is that a problem? Is that not a problem? Well, according to our current, not all, but our current civil rights activists, they will tell you it's not a problem. The problem's about education. The problem is the methodology of the teaching system. The problem is poverty. The problem is, and it's like, wait there, wait there, wait there. No, 1950s, these same black families, they dealt with poverty, yet their children were born into a father and a mother household. And what was the outcome of that? The outcome of that was no crime or less crime. Why? Because what you had was, instead of now, a young man having to go to prison in order to learn their limitations. If you do this, you go to prison. If you break this limitation, you go to prison. If you break that barrier, you go to prison. But in the 1950s, you had a father who would say, son, you're not going to prison to learn your limitations. I'm your father and going to teach you your limitations. If you break my rule, you go to my prison. If you break this rule, you go to my chastisement. If you break this rule, you go to my discipline. Saving a young man from destitution, imprisoned poverty and pain. Yes, preach it. But yet, our civil rights guys today, they don't want to speak about fatherhood. The feminists and those who are born into it, they don't want to speak about fatherhood. They don't want to speak about a majority. Let's forget Christianity. Let's go by empiricism. Let's go by evidence. Let's go by research. Let's go into the social science. science. In prison today, a majority of the men in prison today, 90% are without fathers. Those who are getting buried with their families around them saying their last rites with mothers crying their eyes out and they still haven't recovered and they probably won't recover until the end of their days. 90, 80% of them without fathers. But no one wants to see the checkmate and the elephant in the room. Because Jesus said the truth will set you free but not everyone will love the truth. Come on. But Joseph, a slave, he's dealing with the truth. I'm in prison, but I don't have to be. There's a way out. But David, David puts himself in prison. He goes with Bathsheba. As he goes with Bathsheba, another man's wife, what does he do to cover up his crime once he finds out that Bathsheba's pregnant? He tries to make his escape. How does he make his escape? He tells Uriah. He calls Uriah back from the battlefield. Go home, Uriah. 
Go be with your wife. He wants Uriah to interact with his wife. Uriah doesn't. He goes and sleeps outside. David's like, why are you sleeping outside? How can I be with my wife and with my friends while the ark of the Lord is not in the place? It's in the tent. Mm. David, checkmate. Mm. Okay, I'll try something else. He gets Uriah drunk in order to then go home and then be with his wife to cover up his tracks. Uriah again decides not to sleep in his own house. David, checkmate. Then David tries one more strategy. He speaks to Joab and he said, Joab, general of my army, please make sure that when the battle is raging against the Ammonites, make sure that Uriah is at the worst, hottest part of the battle that will increase the probability that he gets killed. And Uriah is killed. David thinks, end of checkmate, my king's still rolling in the chessboard. But in chapter 12, David has a friend, spiritual friend. Yes, come on. And we should be honest with you, wives, your husband should have a spiritual friend. Hallelujah, yes. There should be a man in your husband's life who be able to say, you know, we're not just going to speak about sports. We're not just going to speak about, what's it called? I don't know what, what the man they were doing here, there, there, and the man they were doing. No, 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 no. We're going to speak about the things of God. I'm going to, let's speak about the word of God. Yes. Let's speak about how to be a better husband to your wife. Let's speak about how to pray for your children and to cover them. Let's speak about how to guide your kids. Yes. Let's speak about when you break up or you have an argument with your wife. You're not going to get one of your brethren who are encouraging you. Let's go rave and check out another the girl, let's speak about, or speaking about, do you know what, keep your options open, or don't let her speak to you like that, no, you need a spiritual man who will say, make it up with your wife, reconcile with your wife, pray with your wife, spiritually cover your wife, pray for her, interact for her, do something in regards to what Christ wants you to do for your wife, someone spiritual in your life, and that's what David's got, yes, Nathan goes to David and he starts speaking about David. Do you know what? There was this man, a rich man, and there was a poor man. And they both had, the rich man had loads of sheep and loads of flock. And then the poor man, he only had one sheep. But then he came to an element that a traveler was coming through. And when the traveler came through, the rich man, he took the poor man's one sheep and he sacrificed it for the traveler. David was angry. So let that man be put to death. And then, Nathan says, David, checkmate. You're the man. That's right. <laughs> You're the man, David. No escape. No blame. Mm. No shifting the blame. Come on. No diversions, David. You're the man. You checkmate over. And that's how hell works. I will always try to checkmate you. Yeah. Gentlemen, grass always looks greener on the other side. It's only when you try the grass which is greener on the other side. And it plays out. That's when you find out who checkmates. Mm. The wisest man who has ever lived, Solomon says, 
There's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. Joseph. Joseph is now risen to the most second powerfulest man at that time on the face of the planet, running Egypt, second, or at least third to Pharaoh. So that's not checkmate. Why? Because God was with him. Yes, hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, be very careful before you navel gaze and you analyze your life to death. Your life's not checkmate. It doesn't, there'll be people be telling you that. Yes, preaching. You'll be chasing every phantom because it's the phantoms who are holding you down. And maybe they might be legitimate phantoms, but the people telling you that, they're not suffering with you. That's right. They're not partic participating in the pain. They participate in the fruit of your pain. Mm. Because to speak negative words into someone's life and to leave them like that, that's not healing. Yeah, let's preach it. Who was it? Samuel Taylor Coleridge, the famous romantic poet who lived around about 1800s. He said, the greatest and the most ingenious physician are those who inspire hope. And the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, he has the skill to get your life out of a checkmate. Your life out of a place where they say there is no escape. Some of you here, you can be running your own businesses. You can be a CEO of your own organization. You can be what you want to be. And this is not just sort of pontificating some kind of like, you know, unrealistic expectation. No, this is reality. Because many people who have broken through and who have exceeded the limits have been normal people who just decided to think different and say, I'm not going to be a child of the checkmate. I'm going to move different. One man said, everyone's afraid of the thief in the alley, but no one fears the thief in their own mind. Come on, preach. Because it's that thief in the mind who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, who checkmates us. So now Joseph's brothers, the ones who sold him into slavery, there's a famine in Israel. So now they've gone to Egypt in order to get some food. Well, when they get to Egypt, they find Joseph, but they don't know it's Joseph. They just know it's the most, one of the most powerful people in Egypt. And so in chapter 44 of Genesis, Joseph tells his servant, these men are going back to Israel. Go put some don't put this silver cup inside their bag. Put it in the youngest one, who is Benjamin. Why? Because I want to checkmate them. And once you put it in their bag, confront them. So the servant does it. He gets to Joseph's brothers and says that we want to check your bags because we understand and we think that you've stolen something from my master. And Judah and the other brothers are like, no, how, how can we do such a thing? We even brought back the money that was inside the bag. No, we haven't done. And then Judah, I believe he said, he comes out of the statement and said, if we 
have done this, the person, the brother who has committed this crime, let him be killed and let us be your slaves. And then the servant said, just as you have said, it will be done. He checks Benjamin and the silver cup's there. Judah and the brothers fall to the ground and they start ripping their clothes and weeping. Checkmate. No escape. They go back to the city where Joseph is. Powerful, powerful man. And Joseph said, do you not know that I can practice divination? Do you not know I can see things that mortals can't see? Judah says, we know you're like Pharaoh. Checkmate. You're like a god. You sold your brother into slavery. And now you're before. And you know what they've done to Joseph once they got there? They bowed on the floor. Just like his dream says. Yes, yes. Because we thought he was checkmated. The brothers thought Joseph was checkmate. You're a king who can move no more. You can't escape, Joseph. There's no way out. You're caught in this. And now, the very people who said, my, my brother's checkmated are the very ones who are bowing down to him. And the very ones who say, there's no escape from him. That is the life of God's people. If we are obedient, and if we walk in Christ, and we follow Christ, and we adhere to Christ, and we're in servitude to Christ. And most of all, when we don't make ourselves king. Mm. See, the thing about Christ is, he will allow us to be king. Preach it. If you want to be a king, you can be a king. Mm. Christ is a libertarian in a way. Do what you want to do. Mm. I won't listen. Okay. John 6, chapter verse 66. Yes. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, eat my flesh and drink my, and, and drink my blood. People are like, what are you talking about? I, 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 I tell you what to drink my blood and eat my flesh. They're thinking this is cannibalism. No, it's not cannibalism. This is if you follow me, have all of me. That's right. Don't flirt with me, don't play with me. Have all of it. What do they do? This is too much of a harsh thing, and it walks away. What did Jesus do? He let them walk. He let them walk. He just stood there. And they're walking. And it's like, why don't you chase them? Why don't you go up to them? Why don't you call them? Why don't you shut up? They come back! Just let them walk. Why? Because Jesus will always let you be a king, and he'll always let you be a queen. Hmm. And that's why he says in Matthew 7, what do you want? There's two roads. It's a broad road, and it's a narrow road. One road will lead to destruction. The other road will lead to eternal life. I'm not forcing you. Look, I shout off. Right, preach it. Look, I choose. Mm. choice. Autonomy. Joseph says, Benjamin, this boy is my slave. Judah, and all you boys, all your brothers, checkmates. You can't move. Judah is in crisis. He said, do you know, I persuaded my father. I persuaded my father Jacob to release Benjamin. That without bringing Benjamin to you, ruler, that you, we will not be able to see your face again. But we need to see your face because we need food for our family. I can't go back to my father without the young. 
I mean, Benjamin, if I go back, my father's going to die because Benjamin might already lost his other brother, who was Joseph. And my father said, I can't lose two of my sons to the same mother. And my other son, Joseph, he's dead. He got torn to pieces. So what's happened? Checkmate. You guys got rid of Joseph, and now the father is on the brink of losing his life if he loses Benjamin. You done that. Yeah. You checkmated yourself. You got no way out. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things you find out in life is you can never outmaneuver God. I'm preaching. The thing about God is he will give you freedom to do whatever you want to do. People see that freedom as liberating and absolutely fantastic, praise God, I've got autonomy. The problem is about that freedom. It only ends up being a chain around your own That's neck. That's right, preach it. Because when that freedom plays out, not in the short term, but how it plays out in the long term, you actually found, find you've been checkmated. Mm. You've done what you wanted to do. Now look at the situation you found yourself in. Mm. Escape from it. And that's the thing. You escape. Yep. And people, God is this, God is that, God is this, God is that, God is this, God is this, God is this, no, you escape. You made the decision and your autonomous choice yep. to be a king or a queen. You're now here, escape. And you find, as Solomon said, there is a way that seems right. Yep. And that's all Jesus is trying to do. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's skilled in avoiding the checkmates. Yes. And he knows how to do it. Because there was a guy called Lucifer, son of the morning, who wanted to make his throne above the throne of God, who wanted to sit on the mount of the Lord, on the mount of the congregation, to make his throne above the stars of God. And he said, I want to be God. But then God says, no, you're checkmated, my friend, and cast him out of heaven. Be God upon the earth, see if they'll listen to you. Well, man did listen to him. The man got checkmate. Now he's bound in sin because they refused God and listened to a serpent. Mad. And so now, okay, this is what we do. Mankind is our slave. He would tell all of the fallen angels, we rule this world, we rule this planet, all of the modern fallen angels, these men are slaves. The women are our slaves. We are the rulers of this world. And then God moves mm. with a counter move. He looks at the chessboard of planet Earth and he says, now it's time for me to make my move. And he's got his pawns, he's got his queens, he's got his kings, he's got his knights, and he starts maneuvering on the pond. The Earth, he maneuvers upon the chessboard of this world. And he plays a savage move. Mm. He doesn't get a king. Actually, he gets a king and he transforms the king into a pawn. And that king is the Lord, the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the word of God. And he makes him into the form of a man and a servant. Play the pawn. Mm. Play like you're nothing. Play like you're insignificant. Mm. Play like that. You know what? You have no value. Mm. And the world bought into it. Because when Judah sold out Christ, he sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. According to Old Testament law, that is the price of a slave. Yes. So they bought into the lie, but checkmates. Because now Lucifer thinking, what should I do? Should I kill him? Should I not kill him? Should I, should, I mean, what, what, how do we do 
this man? Because I know he's got what's up his sleeve. But Lucifer decides to take the strategy, let's kill him. To Christ's death. And it's only after that in Corinthians where it says, if Satan knew yes. the outcome of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, it says he would never have crucified him. Yes. What happened? He got checkmated. Yes. He made a fatal mistake. When you're in Christ, you are the recipient of people making mistakes about you. People underestimating you. Yes. I say it before I say it again. One of the one of the things which I reflect back upon my my time in uh, being raised in my mother church, Wormstone, is the amount the amount of young women, young men, the amount of this how the success is. I mean, when I, was, when I was dealing with the youth, when I first dealt with the youth, these youth are now grown up and, and so they're about 31, 32, 33 years old. Degrees, some PhDs, own companies, housing. And I'm like, and many of them, many of them was through the wisdom, the dedication, and the absolute phenomenal decisions of not just the parents, but a lot of them, their parents were like single mothers. They came into church and said, you know what? I'm going to devote my life to Christ. And they prayed almost a prayer of Hannah. And I'm devoting my child yes, to Christ. Yes. God was faithful to those women. God was faithful. And, and, and how God we And a, a plurality, many of these single women. And all of a sudden, now you're standing. You go to their house when you invite for dinner. And then you're looking at their wall. And you're seeing the same kids you taught in children's church, in Sunday school. Now they're wearing black garments with um, graduation hats on. Now they're, it's like phenomenal. Yes, praise the Lord. Because the world said, they checkmated. Because it no. Because you are mine. And you're precious in my eyes. You're not checkmated. It's like Moses when he gets to the Red Sea in chapter 14 of Genesis. It looks like a checkmate. Where are you going to go? You can't go forward because there's a big sea. You can't go back because Pharaoh and his Egyptians are behind you. What are you going to do? And God says, it's not about what you're going to do. It's about what I'm going to facilitate. You're not checkmating. Stretch out your rod over this sea. And then supernaturally, an east wind blows it open. Because your life is not checkmated if you're in Christ. Yes. All things are possible to those who believe. What's the Air Force motto? The Air Force motto is this. The, the difficult do immediately. The impossible takes a little longer. We're children of the impossible. The impossible is possible for us in Christ. Yes, Faithful to Christ. That Greek word pistos, literally, we're trustworthy in Christ. We, Christ, put your, we put our trust in you, but Christ, also put your trust in us. Amen. We're dependable. We're with you. Not on our terms, on your terms. Because you're the curios. Yeah. You're the one who is Lord over us. We surrender, not to our will, to our philema, to our purposes, to what we want to do, to our agenda. No, we are submissive to your agenda. And through that crisis, I like that. I thank you 
for that. I appreciate that. Now watch me get you out of the checkmate. When JD was testifying of his job, I mean, supernatural, because COVID, companies are closing down, companies are laying people off. Many, many people have been checkmated, but not him. And not just him, not many others. And not yourself, we're closing now. And I'll just close with this. In our text, it says what you meant for evil, what you meant for bad, Come on. what you meant to destroy me, my brothers, what you thought would take me out. No problem. God has turned it around for good. COVID, lockdown, I, that is our testimony. <coughs> I've seen so much good, supernatural things in people's lives through this period. Pericles, the Athenian general, lived around about 400 BC of Athens during the time of the war with Sparta and during the time of the war with the Persians. He said, what we leave behind is not written upon stone monuments. But what we leave behind is woven into other people's lives. Praise God, yes. What's weaved in people's lives? Jesus Christ says, I'll weave into your life. Escape. Things that you think you cannot get out of. Things what you think are dead on his feet. Things that you think is a brick wall. I remember, I, I, I remember one, of my, one of my friends, one of, one of the churches, I used to go, I go preach with him. And I remember there was this woman, there was this wonderful woman who'd be there in the church. And so she's there. Great woman, single woman with her three kids, and um, and so yeah, you know, lovely black woman. She's always there at the revivals, you know, like, you know, faithful, helping out, participating, you know, serving in children's church, Sunday school. I speak to my friend, said, yeah, she's a faithful woman. She's faithful, and she's really a good woman. She really blesses us. Really, and he, just, he was just so grateful for her. And I have to admit, there is something that sometimes as pastors. You know, we kind of like, you know, we got this kind of yearning and sense of, man, there's some people you just want to bless because they're just good people, helpful people, faithful people. God, do you know what? Bless them. And so, one of the things that happens, and it was happening to her, and so, and even the pastor is like, yeah, but you know what, deeper. And it's almost like, okay, you know, what's for me? What's for me? But, you know, I remember I went back. As I've gone back, they've got a top notch, I mean, top. Top disciple. Absolutely powerful man. He's almost like, and you know what? So, to be honest with you, he can have, I mean, I'm not being, but he can have, like, he can have his pick in what system. He can go to another church, another church, another church. And in this man, he just wanted that room. Right? Now, you know, I've heard some very, very <clears throat> silly, stupid things in my lifetime where it's like, well, do you know, I want someone who's not fit. 
he, he, went, he, he wasn't one of those silly individuals. Three kids, not, not, not toddlers, right? I mean, you know, seven, six, I mean, three, three children. Not one, three, since I want her. And it's like, see, I mean, even to the point, I remember my pastor, because he was like, this pastor is like, he had a lot of, um, he had a lot of men, but not a lot of maybe women and stuff. And I told us, yeah, yeah, come our church. And, you know, yeah, no problems. No, but, but it's like, I want her. I just want her. That's who I want. Three children. I want her. Not only that, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, praise God that I, I, I despise identity politics. Yes. I think it's utterly demonic. So I don't, so um, I hate that stuff. So he went on that. It's like, I'm a white guy. I don't care. She's a black girl. I want her. And lo and behold, he marries her. Phenomenal. Mm. But in her mind, she thought she would checkmate it. Who's going to want me with three kids? Mm. I mean, you know, who's going to want, I mean, they've got a problem. Who's going to want, he wanted you. Mm. But it's not just about you and him. There's God. Yes. There's something called grace, favor. Yes. And it's like what the angel said to Mary. Mary, do you know You're highly favored. Yes. Blessed are you amongst all women. You're favored of the Lord. Mm. This woman had favor. This woman had God. This woman had heaven. Glory to God. Yes. Because every single one of us, there'll be times in our life we think we're checkmated. But with Christ, that checkmate can find a way of escape from poor, not only our trust, but our obedience, our becoming, our surrender to Him. We can escape more things than you think we can. Let's bow heads and close our eyes. As we're here this morning, maybe you're here and you don't know this Christ in who I'm speaking about, this God in who I'm speaking about. And you don't know him in a personal way. The checkmate in life, really, if you used to, you to die today, you're free now to do what you want now. You got autonomy now. Do as you want now. The world is your oyster now. But when you get to the other side, that's where you meet the checkmate of life. You've got no option. You've only got to deal with the issue of the afterlife. What happens then? You're out of choices. You're checkmated. You can't move. Your king has been outmaneuvered because you never knew you were going to die dead. And even though you died, you've not got the resources to get you into a place called heaven. Because you don't know the Lord and the king of heaven. Because you've been checkmated. Jesus Christ died on the cross to say you don't have to be checkmated. You can be saved. I bought a way of escape with my blood. I purchased a way of escape with my blood. But guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, it's your choice. Won't chase you, won't force you, won't coerce you, won't press you, won't pressure you. You've got full autonomy to do as you want to do. And Christ will say, I offer you life and I offer you death. 
Which one will you take? And as that offer is here, if there's anyone who wants to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you and you want to accept Christ into your heart, just with a lifted hand, if you could just indicate that. Anyone here at all? Quickly, 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 before we move on. Anyone here at all? Go once. Go twice. Go on. To those of you who are watching, listening, you've, you've responded. I want to lead you in a prayer. Just repeat this after me. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you'll be saved. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe your blood cleansed my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead and you are alive today. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I choose very importantly to surrender my life to you and to walk with you and to follow you until you return. I thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. For us who are here, let's just spend a few minutes in praying and speaking to Christ about the checkmate. Now the opportunity is to escape.